Hi, I'm Joe and welcome to the latest 93.20 Premier League preview pod. And whilst the weather may have changed for the worst here in Manchester, we can be rest assured there may well be more blue skies on the horizon. Some may even say of an Andalusian nature. Joining me for this pod today, I've got the two Steves. Uh, firstly, our very own Mr Stephen Tudor. How are you doing, sir? I'm alright, mate. It feels odd not to be in the host chair. I know. We thought you deserved a well a well earned break. I could talk so. I could talk shit for once. Or as yeah, usual. Let you shoot the breeze. <laughs> yeah. Happy days. And we've also got friend of the show and Fulham fan, uh, Mr Stephen McGovern. How are you doing? You okay? I'm doing well. I, I, I was doing better until I, I saw Steve Tudor's on. I thought it was specifically <laughs> in my contract. There can only be one Steve. There is no Steve's here. There can only be one Steve on the pod at a time. You know, I, this is a disgraceful breach of contract, I have to say. I thought we were allies in this regard, Steve, because I, I thought <laughs> our, our mutual enemy was Steve's. But we were okay as both being Steve's. But okay, fair okay. enough. Bring it. Okay. Bring no, it. No, okay. we're, we're, fri- we're friends again. We're friends yeah, again. Good, That's a good, good point. Good. Brilliant. I think we'll have to agree. One of you's going to have to be Stephen, and one of you's going to have to be Steve for the podcast for the avoidance of doubt. I'll I'll take the the higher road, and I'm happy to be Stephen. Okay, Stephen, sounds good. <laughs> right. It sounds so, like I've been naughty though, so I don't like it. It does. It's well, way too yeah. formal. Yeah. Indeed. Um, right then. I think the the best part to um, or the best place even to start this podcast would naturally be tonight's game. Uh, so just going to start with a quick chat around Arsenal and Southampton. Um, as the guest, Mr McGovern, I think it's it's fair to start with yourself. It's a chance for um, the Gunners to go seven points clear. Uh, obviously, City are playing uh, next Wednesday against Arsenal, so there's going to be realistically no reply from City. Um, do you think the result of this game, I think we're all expecting an Arsenal win, but you never know in football. But regardless, do you think the result of this game could... Um, inform Arsenal's approach at the Etihad next Wednesday? It could. I mean, either way. I mean, if you if they don't win, I mean, they have to go out to beat City. Like, that. there's no debate about that. But, I mean, they, they kind of have to go and beat City regardless, I think. They, they have to try it. And that is such a tall order anyway. No matter what the scenario they're in, like going to City and winning, it's just, it's nearly impossible, uh, even for the best of teams. So, I think they they have to they have to go and have a go at City no matter what go for broke uh, and even if you because everyone is expecting City to come and overtake them anyway so you need to go and, and just go for it just go for broke and if you lose you lose like everyone's expecting you to lose the title over the next few weeks anyway so just, I don't I don't see why you would you would change that approach anyway. Are you seeing well given that you're saying the general consensus appears to be that most feel like Arsenal are. <laughs> potentially going to lose out on the titles to City. Is that based on something you've seen? Do you feel that Arsenal are rocking uh, the last couple of weeks? I know they obviously dropped points at Anfield, but you can argue that's still a great result, specifically at the first end of the season. But last week was, from an Arsenal perspective, much more alarming against a team that are struggling that they were cruising against to drop two points. So it sounds like you you feel they're, they're rocking. Is that a fair assessment? Or do you think they can pick back up where they were fairly quickly? Yeah, I mean, if you look at their recent results, I mean, they're, they're they're unbeaten in nine. And if they had beaten Liverpool and West Ham, like they should have, they were on course to. They were looking very comfortable. I, I still don't under... I can't believe it happened twice in a row. Like, the exact same scenario happened twice in a row. Uh, and against teams that they should be beating. I mean, like, yes, Liverpool at Anfield, you know, that's a very tough fixture. But Liverpool have not been Liverpool of the last few years this season. They they just haven't been. So that those are two extremely winnable games. 
and they they fluffed their lines on both occasions and I, I can't really explain why i just don't understand how they let that happen but it was very far, fine margins all the same there's two moments uh, in each game where they could have easily come up with a win there was uh, gabriel martinelli in the late in the second half he has a pass to saka he missed times the pass saka mm. would have been through on goal you'd back him in that scenario to to score and they beat liverpool then uh, in, against West Ham, obviously Saka misses the penalty, and again that's that's another win. You know, then they've won nine in a row. I mean, that is proper league winning form right there. Then you're looking at an eleven point lead, and you know, even though Man City will have games in hand, like that, that is such a huge like psychological boost to be that far ahead in the title race. Yeah, you know, as it is, they're nine unbeaten. They've drawn the last two. It's kind of reminiscent of Liverpool in 2018-19. Like they lost one league game all season. That was obviously to Man City, uh, but then they drew consecutive matches uh, with West Ham and Leicester, uh, kind of end of January, beginning of February, and that was basically yeah. the, the winning and losing of the league right there. That was where they lost the league because Man City went into kind of Death Star or Terminator mode, whichever sci-fi reference you prefer. <laughs> And basically, Man City are in that mode again. Like they, they are the Death Star. They are coming for you, and uh, they don't care who's in their way. Um, and they, they look really, really fucking good. Like, like exceptionally good. So that is the kind of fear. It's, it's not so much that. I mean, like I, I could see Arsenal, like you know, again continuing like on a very good run of form. Uh, they do have some difficult games coming up, but then you've got like this kind of ominous orb hovering above you and that's man city and they are they are gunning you down and they are not going to stop yeah i think it's a very fair point i think city have obviously they do have this this gear that traditionally they, they kick into over kind of november december which was obviously instructed by the world cup and it seems that they've found that gear now which is ideal considering what type of time of the season it is um and it's certainly not a time you want to be dropping points with a team like that chasing you. I put the same question to you, Steve. Do you see Arsenal as rocking, or do you see it as they're just a very good side? But the fact that City are putting so many wins together, you you just can't afford to to make you know, or even to drop points at this stage. Yeah, of I, any I, kind. I agree with very much most of what Steve says there, um, and particularly about the, the fact that they're not rocking. If anything, I would say they've been complacent. Um, against West Ham, there was definite signs of complacency there. They thought they had the game won, they had it all wrapped up, um, and you know they were kind of punched in the stomach as a consequence. But where I disagree with Steve is how I do think the game against Southampton tonight will inform how they go into the game at the Etihad. Because if they win, and everyone expects them to win, they're seven points clear. Okay, City have got two games in hand, but that's two games that they have to win. A lot of pressure on both of those games, and that's just to get a point behind Arsenal. Um, so I think if they win tonight, Arsenal will be thinking a point at the Etihad will be a fantastic result for them. Um, whatever the circumstances, I should say, a draw will be a fantastic result for them. But if they lose tonight, against all odds... I think they'll they'll be a more attacking makeup at, at the Etihad. They'll be desperate to reclaim that advantage they've got, and panic will set in if they lose tonight. They'll go in next week, um, come up to Manchester, full of panic, full of doubt, and I think they'll overcompensate and just look to get three points and to you know basically do the damage on City themselves. 
um, rather than hope that others do. So I do think it will kind of inform it. Um, but having said that, it's so unlikely that they're going to lose tonight anyway that to an extent this conversation's redundant because you know I think it's going to be three points to Arsenal. I, you know what? It, while you were talking, so, sorry to it, it cut across you, Joe. But it no actually, while you were speaking there, Steve, it gave me like serious like mid nineties Newcastle vibes. Like yes, being, yeah. Like oh, we've been so good all season. Everything's going great. We've got this great attack, and then oh no, things are starting to fall apart. Just shit, just throw on more attackers. Oh no, it's falling <laughs> apart. No. Oh, you know. The thing is, I mean, that's the thing with Arsenal that they don't have the attackers to chuck on. I mean, yeah. If yeah. you take Martinelli out of the equation who they got to bring in, you know, same as Saka. Um, well, i I actually been thinking about this lately. I couldn't believe against West Ham, they brought on Reese Nelson. Now, obviously, mm. Reese Nelson, very recent history of banging in a last-minute winner <laughs> to make it 3-2 in a game. And I suppose Arteta was thinking the same. But I was like, you've got Emil Smith-Rowe on the bench who was very good last season and has, has come a long way. And then obviously he had that injury which has kind of kept him out. And now they have like, you know, this really good front line and he can't break in. But like last season, he was constantly coming off the bench. It was like every time he came off the bench, he scored. And I was like, why didn't you, why haven't you brought this guy on? Like mm. he's the guy, if you need a late goal, he's the guy to bring on. So he's a guy I think that has gone way under the radar and unfortunately has played next to no minutes this season and could come in and make an impact, I think. But, you know, it, it's, you know, it's not the same, I suppose, as bringing on like, you know, like, like you know, you guys have had fucking... Foden kind of sitting on the sidelines lately and now he could come in this weekend in place of Jack Grealish so it is a different kind of difference there in squad depth yeah I mean it certainly is in those that um the second three um we, we do have a squad depth we don't elsewhere but certainly mm. you know we've got Foden we've got Mares, we've got options um which Arsenal don't have uh, and in that regard you know I said on the pod, podcast on Tuesday I'm not taking anything away from how good Arsenal have been but boy have they been lucky with injuries this season up until yeah. recently, yeah, Saliba has Saliba has killed him. Uh, I know Tommy Asu is like you know I have a lot of doubts about him, but you know at the same time you'd rather have him fit than not in you know yeah and then sitting on the injury table. So yeah, it it I think some of those injuries have hit them at, at the exact wrong time, and and coupled with that, Pep Guardiola has finally found a configuration that he really likes and is getting the most out of his uh, of his attackers as Definitely, well and is yeah. and is defensively sound so he's he has found that perfect kind of concatenation there see i'm still still nervous because everyone i speak to around this fixture uh, and i feel like we're disrespecting southampton so i will touch on them again a bit more in a minute but everyone is is very much of the opinion that they don't see arsenal potentially coming to the etihad and winning and whilst it's a, a tall order I still, you know what I mean. It that's the ultimate statement. It'd be like when you know, um, sorry, when Arsenal went to up to Old Trafford in '98 when um, yeah. Overmars scored and they beat United, and you just knew they were going to win the league. Then um, Joe, it's this, the acid test, been, isn't it? This has been going on for months as well from City fans, including myself, including maybe yourself as well. What we've done is we've looked at this fixture, just so you know, put so much emphasis on it. That basically, reason. in our mind, we've started to think, okay, and of course we'll beat them at the Etihad, and then yeah. so that's three points. And of course, it's easier said than done. So, yeah, we've talked ourselves into it, really. Like the season that Liverpool won, and you remember it was kind of like you know Man City were obviously trailing them for so long, and the season it was like okay, but they still have to play Liverpool. You know, mm. they could still win there. You know, yeah. and then Liverpool, you know, beat them. And I don't know there was controversy in that game, but. You know, it's it's not a. You're right. It's it is not a sure thing that 
you Not guys will, will overcome them. The only thing in my head is that the last time you guys faced in the league, I thought Arsenal seemed so cowed. And yeah, I thought, they were like, like deferred to us almost, didn't yes. they? Yeah, and it was like, wow, like, you know, you've got to go out on your sword at least. You know, you, can, you cannot, you cannot, um, you cannot let that happen. You know, you can't, you, it's such a psychological, like, blow to like to go out and not even go out on your sword you know yeah and the thing that concerns me last point on this is um when we played arsenal this season i think obviously their their most potent attacking threat has been saka and Ake has has come out on top every single time they've mm. met uh and him missing i'd be intrigued to see how city plan to counter at that but anyway let's not cause any more worry on the blue camp and let's move on a bit more to southampton and um, Realistically, do we give them any chance of getting anything from this game? I don't. I, I, I'm predicting a comfortable 3-0 win for Arsenal. Um, mm. Southampton, they look good. They press well. That aside, they just don't have the quality. And it's just not happening for them this season. Um, for me, they're doomed, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I mean, their defence actually isn't as bad bad as you would think for a team that's conceded 53 goals <laughs> but it's not ter- i mean like against man city they kind of frustrated you for a whole half before yeah. you yeah. eventually broke them down um but yeah it's not like they're like the most embarrassing defense they, they don't even have the worst defensive record in the league if we're going by goals conceded that belongs to leeds united so um th- i could see them maybe frustrating arsenal for a time but the f- given the last two games I could see Arsenal coming in here trying to go all out. Um, and I mean, that kind of thing can obviously backfire, but I think that they will go to try and finish this by half time, given how the last two games have gone. I think they'll try and have it like, I mean, this could be like 4 0 by half time, I think. What's your prediction then? Final prediction? Um, well, 3 0. You said 3 0, didn't yeah. you, Steve? What about I'll go for a there? conservative 5 0. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no problem at all. So, uh, <coughs> so going with um, a comfortable 2 or 3 0. Arsenal winning that, I can't look past it. Um, but you never know, you never know. Um, right, okay, obviously, the, bit, the big kind of showpiece events this weekend will be the FA Cup semi finals. I'm so happy I'm hosting this pod, so I've not realistically got to take part in this next question. Um, as a blue, Steve, Mr. Tudor, I'll start with you. How do you predict, we'll start with our game um, first against Sheffield United, how, how do you try and predict what City going to do? What what lineup are you going for? I've got to say that because we've lost three FA Cup semi-finals now in the last three years, and all three, there was six changes in one, there was eight in two years ago and it was six last year but there were big changes last year where you saw the lineup against Liverpool and you know pretty much everyone who made the trip down south just thought we're not going to win today that infuriated me it absolutely infuriated me however um, I'm expecting changes this weekend and I'll be a lot more understanding of those changes given the fact that we've got Arsenal you know three or four days later so I am expecting some big changes. Um, I would be surprised if Haaland starts. I think Alvarez very possibly will start. Um, I'm anticipating Palmer to, to start too. Um, Left-back's going to be really interesting. I don't want to see Laporte anywhere near that pitch. Um, so is it going to be Lewis maybe at left-back? I think that's a possibility. Um, I can't see Gomez featuring. I think Gomez has is, is just kind of blown his chance at City and he's basically been used now when we're 3-0 up and chuck him on in the last 15. Um, 
I can't see him resting Rodri because he just never does rest Rodri, but I hope he does. I hope he plays Phillips instead. Um, and then beyond that, we'll see some familiar names. You know, possibly De Bruyne will start. Um, Grealish, well, now I think it'll be Palmer. Um, it's, it's it's really hard, really. It's more a case of just picking out names who you'd expect to, to be dropped in. Um, and in that regard, I would expect that to be Walker, um, Phillips, Lewis on the left. Um, and Palmer, as I said, Foden, you can't expect him to start after you know um, his surgery. Um, I think he'll come on as a sub. Um, and then, obviously, we've got Haaland to bring on if it's a case where it's nil-nil at half-time and we're starting to worry a little bit, um, which, indeed, I think this might well be the case this, this weekend. I think it will be kind of a second-half performance that, that decides matters because um, Sheffield United... You know, they're no mugs for having a great season. I know they're missing two of our loanies, but they'll put up a fight. So I, my prediction, I know I'm racing ahead to a score prediction, but I think it's going to be 2-0 this weekend. And I think both goals will be in the second half. And I think very likely we'll see a much better City performance when our established first team will start to come on around the hour mark. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.